0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 14, verses 18 through 24, and chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. The title of this sermon is, The Word of the Lord Came to Abram. Here is the second half and conclusion ain't of this 2 study. My soul belongs to God. We have to remember that. What man can do to me, it's like we see so many Christians and, and followers of Christ that are so freaked out about the things that are going on in the world, and it's like, what can man do to me? Yeah, it can get really bad, but this ain't the end for me. We have to remember that. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be what? Afraid. Afraid. God has given to you over and over in Scripture not to be afraid because our normal tendency is to what? Fear. Hebrews thirteen six. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper and I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then Jesus said, and Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. You already been given the kingdom. You already have victory. In Luke chapter 12, verse seven. and This is probably somebody needs to hear this tonight. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not be afraid. You are more worth more than many sparrows. Like, why do we fear? Why don't we have a reverence for God? We're, had, we're supposed to have a healthy fear, right? And so he tells Abram, do not fear, because Abram's in fear, and God gives it to him and, and, and in a vision. And it's important for us, even as we look at the, uh, one of the things that we are to teach our kids is, is what it means to actually fear God and not man. Do not be afraid. You have God, Right? But we fear. We fear, the, we fear things, but we don't fear the Lord. I read the verse this week about resisting the devil. And I'm like, there are so many people that are resisting His Word. They're resisting uh, prayer. They're resisting time and fellowship and time at church. And resisting God instead of resisting the devil. And, and, and so fear can creep in very easily when you're doing that. He tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, and it actually goes further in as you read Deuteronomy chapter 6 with the Shema. But it says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which your Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them, the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God. That's where your fear goes. To keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son, and your grandson all the days of your life, that you, your days may be prolonged. He's like, you fear God. Teach them to have a reverence and awe for God. We, we have, I, I go through the stores and I see kids that are struggling and they have headphones on because they can't be around. They're like triggered by certain things and it's, and it's sad. It's heartbreaking. But that's how bad fear can be. It's, it can overwhelm us. One of the things that we do to understand the fear of the Lord is that we, we, we understand that God is a loving and just God. He's a loving and just God. Right? He knows everything. He understands everything. It goes back to the attributes that He's righteous, that He's, he's, he's grace, He's love, He's mercy, He's all-knowing, He's all-powerful, and He loves you. You're His children. He loves you. He's like, don't fear the world. Fear, have a reverence of fear of me. Right? And that's what he's trying to get to Abram. Is like, do not be afraid. What can they do to you? I just took 300 of your people and we just, you just slaughtered over 50,000 to 100,000 people. I did that. God did that. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 5 says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. You want to teach your children something? That's where it begins. Because once they have a reverence in the fear of God, then that's when they can learn about who God is. And the relationship begins. But we have a lot of people that don't have that fear. That's why we see a craziness that's happening in the world today. So the other thing that you would need fear of, a fear of the Lord is it, it, could, it should actually produce a reverence to, of God. The reverence of God. Um, It's important for us to understand that we are to be reverent in awe of His holiness. Like, He's complete. He's God. He's he's glory. He's the majesty. He's purity and power. Do you have a reverence for that? When you're dipping and dabbing into sin? No, He don't know. A lot of people think that. A lot of people think that. But God knows. and, And God is like, you need to have a reverence for me. In Psalm 33, verses 8 and 9, it says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere Him. For He spoke, and it came to be He commanded and stood firm. So you're to have a reverence. The other thing that, that the fear of the Lord should do is produce faith. When you have a healthy fear of the Lord, it actually produces faith. That fear drives you to who? God. I'm worried about this. I go to God. Right? Right? And and that that's what we should do, right? It's it's understanding the fear of the Lord should push us to trust God and place our faith in Him, and and yet we don't do that, right? We we allow that the our process of our mind to go a hundred miles a minute, and I'm speaking from somebody who has a hard time with that as well. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning thinking, how am I gonna get this done, and this has to be done, and. And I, you know, and I end up doing at 3, 3.30 because I sit there for about 30 minutes running through everything. And I'm like, and then finally I go, why am I awake? I need to pray. And I usually pray and fall asleep. I need to go to God with this. Why didn't I not give this to God before I went to bed? Because we were so tired, we fell asleep, we didn't pray, right? Hello, God woke me up and said, hey, did you forget something, Right. Even the pastor goes through this stuff. So don't think that, you know, we all go through it. Psalm 115, 11 says, Trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. He is your help. He is your shield. That's where you put your faith. The other thing we should fear the Lord is, is we should fear that God is angry about sin. God is angry about sin. And I hear all the time, you know, people say, but, but God loves a sinner, Right and God hates the sin no God hates and gets angry about sin It's uh it's one of those things that we need to remember that uh that our sin has consequences um and 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 he doesn't want anybody to break the law or to to walk outside of his his covering but we do it we do it and it's sad when it happens I, I you know I, I had something happen Sunday night that just broke my heart and and um I I would never hear that from somebody. And I was just heartbroken because I'm like, how did you allow that sin to take a hold of you like that? And then it's affecting your marriage. And we're talking about marriages. I was like, here we go. I'm teaching on marriage this Sunday. I was like, man, I was hoping. I was like, Lord, please keep me and Teresa on path this week. Because <laughs> I'm teaching about marriage this week. And I'm like, because usually those are the tests that we get. And I'm like, Lord, let's just keep that communication going. Let's keep <laughs> keep working towards what we're doing and but it's again we need to be angry about sin we should be angry about our sin it should drive us to confess it right psalm 76 verses 7 and 8 it says you yourself are to be feared and and who may stand in your presence when when once you're angry you cause judgment to be heard from heaven the earth feared and was still uh shouldn't that shake you up a little bit hebrews chapter 10 verse 31 it is dreadful thing to fall in the hands of the living god when you're in sin it's dreadful do we have that reverence right but here's the thing that fear sh- fear should do as we have that reverence for god it should make us become more obedient to god do not be afraid go to god go to god and you go man but mike i'm still afraid let's all pray We got that, man, get on that WhatsApp. Hey, I need prayer. Or get with Teresa, get with me, and we'll make sure we start praying. We need to all go and keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking. We just keep doing it. And and I would love to tell you in those moments that you're going through that as you're walking in obedience and going to God because you're living according to His Word and you're seeking Him for answers. At the same time, you may have moments where you still may have little bits of fear, but you just keep going back to God. Keep going back to his word. Proverbs 16, verse 6 says, In the mercy and truth atonement is provided for iniquity, and by the fear of the Lord one departs evil. One of the things it does too is that we teach our children. When we have the fear of the Lord, we actually live it out and teach our children not to fear what man can do, but fear God, right? It's something that I think we've gotten away from, and he tells us that in Deuteronomy, right? Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 10, he says, and that they, te- they may teach their children. Like as he goes over the Shema, he's like, y'all are supposed to teach this to your children. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. But teach that to your children. Right? And, and that's something that we need. And your children need, uh, critically need that. Teaching them the fear of the Lord is the first step of their faith. We also grow in sanctification as we uh, have a reverence of God and we fear the Lord. We fear the Lord because we are being sanctified, because we're actually applying the truth of God's word in our life. In John 17:17, 17, 17, it says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And through that sanctification, you learn and that fear of the Lord, you learn to hate sin and avoid evil. In Proverbs 3, verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Like, you know, hey, uh, I think I'm getting a little too far from God here. I need to, I'll see you later. You go ahead and go do your thing. I'm going back over here with the Lord. I'm not going down that road. That's the sanctification that we all go through. But he's saying, look, it should actually, as you have that fear of the Lord, you'll actually depart from evil. You're teaching your children to depart from evil. Okay, so what's happening with our children today? Are they departing from evil? No, they're running head first to it. They're going straight to evil. And we're seeing it lived out, and it's sad. It's sad, but because, you know, are we teaching what we're supposed to be teaching? Now, at, at, you know, whether it's grandparents teaching their grandchildren, or it's aunts and uncles teaching their their nieces and nephews, or whether it's mom and dad, we should be teaching this stuff. The fear of the Lord actually will, will spiritually cleanse and purify you. In Psalm 19.9, as you go through sanctification, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true in righteousness altogether. And that healthy fear of the Lord actually creates a worship in our heart because we worship God. We truly fear God, and, but we have a reverence for who God is and we honor Him by living it out in our lives. In our walks. We just talked about our walks with Christ this past weekend. And how important it is for you to be able to walk in love. And to make a sweet aroma. But to walk in the light. Stop dipping your feet in the the toes. And whatever else you're dipping in the lake of, of evil and darkness. You are to walk in the light. And then he finally tells you, hey, you need to walk with wisdom. And with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7, as we worship God, it says, and give Him glory. Worship Him who made the heavens and earth and the seas and the springs of water. So he tells Abram, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. But he tells him this, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. God is my shield. Proverbs chapter thirty, verse five Every word of God proves true. He is the shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do you take refuge in him? Do you feel like you're just getting bombarded right now? Take refuge in him. He's your shield. Let him take that. He'll do that. Just give it over to him. Some of the stuff we pick up and carry we're not supposed to carry that That's his. You go here, Lord. I'm going to go ahead and take refuge behind you. <laughs> You deal with that because I'm not doing it no more because it's driving me crazy. I'm fearing it. I'm fearing all this other stuff I think is going to happen. And I'm afraid. you be honest. That's the beauty of, of Scripture is the humanity that we see here is that, that Abram is actually afraid. We get afraid. We have to be honest in that. And, but he's saying, look, not only do not be afraid, but I am your shield, your shield. Psalm ninety-one, verse four: He will cover you with his uh, with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. And his faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Psalm eighteen, two: The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in him uh, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of salvation, my stronghold. Psalm eighteen, verse two: It's a great one. The Lord is my rock. In my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn and my salvation with a stronghold. In Psalm twenty-eight seven: The Lord is my strength and my shield; in Him, with my heart, trust, and I, I, am helped. My heart exults, and with my song, I give him, give thanks to Him. And he tells him not only that that I'm am your shield, but he says you're exceedingly great reward. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. He's telling him, like, in these chapters, like, you didn't take the the the, the spoils of the war. You gave them as a tithe to Melchizedek. Your reward is exceedingly great. So not only do not be afraid, but he says, I'm your shield and I'm your reward. We don't need any other reward but Jesus. But we're seeking for other rewards. I don't know what we, we think we're going to find. They're not out there. The word for re- reward is actually uh, refers to a worker or servant's wages. And Abram's reward is like he, he has that reward that is, is, is promised. He has the future descendants that was promised, right? And that's, that's the reward he's expecting. I am your reward. God himself is the reward for the people. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, it says, Blessed are you when uh, when they revile evil and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely. For my sake rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This world is going to be hard. He says they they prosecuted the prophets. They killed Jesus. What do you think they're going to do to you? In Ephesians chapter two, verse seven and eight, that in the ages to come he might show exceeding riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. You have received what Abram didn't even know about. You received the greatest reward, salvation through Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a reward. like it's, it, we, we don't think of it in that, in that capacity, right? We, we, we forget that we have the reward that we, we were going to face God's wrath and eventually hell. But that's been paid for on the cross. So we have God's promise. And I love that he says this is an exceedingly great reward. It reminds me of Philippians chapter 7, or Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. It says, But what things were gained to me? These I have counted lost for Christ. Yet I indeed also counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, from whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, If by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I already have attained it or already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have uh, have apprehended, but one thing I do is forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We press forward. We press forward, and the only way that you can press forward is in reverence to God, the fear of God. The only way that you can press forward is that knowing that He is your shield and He is your great reward. There's nothing else in this earth that that you need besides that. He tells him, Abram comes back in verse 2, and he tells him very simply, but Abram said to the Lord God that you will give me seeing I go childless. So Abram is afraid, but he goes from being afraid to go, wait a minute. You promised me a reward already, a son. And he tells him here, he tells him that Eleazar, the house of Eleazar, he's an heir Damascus. And Abram, look, for you're giving me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. What I love about this is humanity of Abram. And Abram is actually going to God and saying, You promised. God makes lots of promises. We got to go to him and, and say. And he goes back, and I love it because in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, he's going back and said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. He, Abram's hanging on to that, going, Wait a minute, but you promised me. It's not happened yet, it's been years. And all I have is Eleazar. So Abram's struggling with the reward, right? He also had it in Genesis 13, verses 15 and 16. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as dust of the earth. So that if, my, if a man could number the dust of the earth, then the descendants also could be numbered. Abram is saying, hey, Lord, Lord you promised me descendants. You also promised me a nation. I don't even have a son. I just have Eleazar, of Damascus, somebody who works for me, my chief servant. That's what I have. So Abram doesn't hold back his frustration. He goes to God, and that's you. You can go to God and say, Look, Lord, I'm upset. I'm not happy. I'm hurt. I'm in pain. I'm, you just go to God, just like Abram, and God will hear you. Because you have Jesus interceding for you. Abram didn't have that at that time. Jesus is interceding for us through prayer. and he, I love that because Abram's just being honest what's on his heart. I, I wish more people would be in prayer would be just be honest on what's on their heart. Just be, be honest, be earnest with God and, and just say, "Lord, I'm, I'm broken-hearted. I want a son. And, and I believe who you are. He's not in disbelief of God. He's just in, like, this reward that you just talked about, it ain't happened. So, what do we do? Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. You keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking. You go, man, Mike. I have been keeping... I mean, cause you gotta understand. Now, Abram's not gonna get this kid till about about 15 years from now, after this. Now, I don't know how many of y'all could wait a year, right? Our faith. I don't know. Like you think about Abram's faith, that's a long time. But that's the beauty of Abram. I don't. Th- I think we miss that. And, and and as we look at these, and 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 that's where we're gonna end tonight. We're gonna end tonight with that. And and we're we'll pick up verses. Uh, where do we get to? Verse 4. Yeah, we'll pick up the rest of it next week. We'll get through the remainder of chapter 15 next week. Um, but don't be afraid to go to God with your honesty and your earnest heart. What, what's on your heart? What's happening? All the things that are going on. Right? Now, I would say very honestly, and what I would ask for y'all as a church, and I know is that most of y'all are doing that, is to pray for Loy and for Miss Full. They're dealing with things that, that, you know, paperwork, and it's just it's madness sometimes. And they need prayer. So add them to your daily prayer list. You go, I don't have a daily prayer list. Well, guess what? Application is you make a daily prayer list, and you start adding some people on that list to start praying for. Right? It's important for us to be able to come together as a church, as a body of Christ, to be praying for each other. But it's also important for you to have a reverence in the fear of the Lord. Because it actually drives your faith. Who does it drive it to? God. It should drive it to God. Okay? So don't go to me. You go to Jesus. All right? <laughs> That's who you go to. You go to Jesus. Go Go knock. Keep, keep seeking. Keep asking. Keep knocking. Because he's interceding for you at the right hand of the Father. And you go, I don't think he is. Well, you're his child. You're his child. He has not forgotten about you. So don't resist the word. Don't resist prayer. Don't resist church or ship. Resist the devil. Fear the Lord. Don't fear man.